The following audio is from Shady Grove Presbyterian Church in Rockville, Maryland. Our mission is to follow Jesus Christ and labor for His kingdom both in our area and around the world. For more information about Shady Grove Presbyterian Church, please follow us on Facebook and visit ShadyGrovePCA.org. Wonderful. If you have your Bible, open to Ephesians uh, chapter 2, please. Going to be talking about and thinking about our identity. Who are we? A uh, question that Ukrainians are asking right now. Who are we? And, uh, and what is ahead for us? Uh, before we do that, let's, uh, let's pray. Remind ourselves who we are. Lord, uh, we come before you as your children. Uh, we come before you as. Um, as inheritors of your kingdom, pray that you would remind us of that every day. Pray that we would know that um, and you remind us of that. Pray that as we uh, open up this scripture and think through this passage, uh, that you'd again remind us of our status in you first and foremost. I uh, pray that you bless my preaching and our listening uh, to your scripture today in your, in your name. Amen. Amen. Um, so, as I mentioned, Identity is something that Ukrainians are, are, are thinking a lot about uh, right now, obviously. Um, and our identity is often defined by or tied up with or irrevoc- irrevocably connected to our citizenship, our nationality. Who we are in general is, is, def- is informed by, at the very least, who we are as citizens and uh, um, and what our what our country says about us, um, and uh, just imagine, for example, we'll read the passage in a second. But imagine, for example, uh, in Kevin's video, there was a, zoomed in on Ukraine. You saw a blue streak kind of running through the country, and in the letter S, uh, that blue streak is the Dnieper River. Kiev is at the top of it, the Black Sea is at the bottom of it, and about halfway up is a city called, uh, about a third of the way up actually, is a city called Kherson, K-H-E-R-S-O-N. Um, you may not have heard of it, you may have heard of it. It was uh, occupied by the Russians uh, initially from about February to November of 2022. It was uh, Russian, and imagine Let's just think about identity in terms of someone who lives in that city of Kherson or any of the occupied cities, but let's just take that one because it's been liberated. So Kherson, a Kherson resident my age, or maybe even much younger than me, was born in the Soviet Union. And I would have had, as a, as a Kherson resident, a Soviet passport. And if I wanted to travel, or that, I, that was my country, the Soviet Union and uh, the USSR, and I had that USSR passport, and that was... The, the country that I identified with or that defined me or however you want to define it. Then 1991 came along and the Soviet Union went poof, went away. It's gone. Uh, as did road signs, Soviet road signs, Soviet holidays, Soviet currencies. So I all of a sudden woke up, uh, what would it have been, August, August 21st, 1991, in a new country. I'm still in Kherson. I haven't moved, but I've woke up in a new country. My passport's invalid. My currency is 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 uh, is uh, defunct. 
uh, the, the holidays that I learned at school are gone, street signs are different, whole deal. So I woke up in a brand new country, still in the same city. And here I am in this new country. I had to stand in line, get a new passport for a new country called Ukraine. Of course, historic, but nonetheless, for the sake of this argument, called Ukraine. And here I am now, a Ukrainian citizen, uh, with a different, with different. The name on my street, the name on my street may have changed. You, sometimes you see these uh, in these places uh, where they don't take the old name of the street off; they leave it there because that's what everybody knows. And you get three or four new names. Of the street, the street that I live on, may have changed names and, and so forth. Then 1991 till 2022 goes along. And I'm a Ukrainian citizen. Then, in 2022, Russia invades, takes over my city of Kherson, and many other cities, Donetsk, Donbass, and all those from 2014. And, uh, and many were forced to stand in line for a new passport, a Russian passport. You go to the, you go to the local whatever, and, uh, and you stand in line, and you get a new passport. And that passport is a Russian passport with a different political system, different president, different, maybe a different street sign, street name rather, different currency obviously, different holidays, everything is different about that country that you're now, by force, a, uh, a citizen of or a member of. Um, and then in, in Herson's case, November, uh, I think it was mid-November, about November 15th, 2022, Ukraine retook over, liberated Herson, now you're a citizen of Ukraine again. And you've got four citizenships never having left your street, never having left your city. Uh, but all of those things, four different, I guess, theoretically, yeah, four different passports uh, and so forth. The president of Ukraine did something interesting where he said to the people in the occupied areas, the places that Russia has taken over, we remember you're Ukrainian. We get it. You have to do what you have to do. If you have to get a new passport, if you, have to do, if you have to stand in line and get a new passport, especially for older people to be able to get their pensions, uh, to be able to get their, their Social Security checks, the equivalent or whatever. But uh, do what you need to do, but we remember you're Ukrainian. There's, a, there's, a, there's an analogy in there, isn't there? Um, when this whole thing settles out, when Ukraine comes back and t- retakes over your land, we'll, we'll figure that out. We, we will restore... Uh, your status will give you back your your uh, your citizenship, uh, but 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 for now, do what you need to do in those in in that area. So that person in Kherson or occupied Ukraine or whatever it is, what is it? What is their identity? Is Soviet, Ukrainian, Russian? Where are they? Uh, and how do they? Uh, how do they? How do we? This is the question this passage asks. I think relate to our passport. By passport, meaning citizenship, uh, not just your passport. But how do we relate to this country that we happen to be living in? There's no risk of Canada taking over Maryland anytime soon, I don't think. Or Mexico, or whoever. <laughs> the list could go on, who knows, China. In any of these There's no risk of that, to happen that uh, happening to that anytime soon. But it's a, not a risk, it's a reality. In, uh, in many parts of Ukraine, and as the person who prayed this morning said, many other parts of the world. How do we relate to our nation? How do we relate to our citizenship? Let's read uh, Ephesians 2 and think about it from that perspective. So Ephesians 2, uh, verses 19 to 22. Um, so, then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. 
built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. This is God's word. Amen. So how does this inform our passport identity? It says here, we, but you are fellow citizens, verse 3, with the saints and members of the household of God. This was obviously not always the case. There was a time before which, uh, let's go back to verse 16 and, and read, uh, reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to those who were far off and peace to those who were near through whom we have access to the same spirit. There was a time when our heavenly, when, when one's heavenly identity and one's earthly identity was the same country, Israel. You were an Israelite and you lived in the country of Israel and that was your connection to this, uh, this world. Paul presents people as, as the Gentiles, as those before in the Old Testament time, as those outside of the covenant. The covenant between God and his people didn't include the whole world, it included one nation, Israel, that was a recipient of that covenant. People outside of that were, as it said uh, here, far off. They were foreigners to the covenant promise. They were, they were without hope, uh, without God. But now with Christ, uh, we can all receive the blessings of the covenant without living in one country, without going to one place. We now have, there were, of course, even before that, appropriations made for foreigners. Foreigners could come, and through a series of things that they do, they could, they could participate, they could uh, participate in the sacrifices and so forth. Um, but without a change in citizenship, you couldn't have a change in identity. Uh, let's look at Romans 9, 4 and 5 for a second. I'll just read it quickly. You don't have to turn there. Um, Romans 9, uh, chapter 9, verses 4 or 5. They are, the is they are Israel, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ who is overall blessed forever and ever. So here we see kind of that transition between the two, between the time when, when your country represented your, your physical state, state and your spiritual state, geographic, uh, were one, now they are two. Now they are separate. The temple obviously was the focus at the time of Israel. Only those who were living near, having access to the temple, uh, were, were, were in, and the Gentiles were out or, or far off. Um, and now we have Christ Jesus. And now it is our identity is new because we are in Christ Jesus. And we have a new identity, a new, pass, a new passport, so to speak, a new citizenship. Um, in the Confession, um, uh, Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter uh, 7, verses 5 and 6, um, verses, uh, uh, section 6, it says, I think this is a helpful little definition, under the gospel... When Christ the substance was exhibited, the ordinances, which is the covenant, it's dispensed, are the preaching of the word, the administration of the sacraments, baptism, and the Lord's Supper, 
which though fewer in number and administered with more simplicity and less outward glory, yet in them is held forth more fullness, evidence, and spiritual efficacy to all nations, both Jews and Gentiles, and it is called the New Testament. There are therefore two covenants of grace differing in substance, but one under the various dispensations. So this is now our new reality. We are in Christ. We have a new identity and we have a new way of thinking of ourselves. We are direct descendants of the covenant of promises that God gave to Israel. And as it says in the confession, it may have looked more elaborate or grand in those days. It may have been nice to be able to book a ticket and go someplace that we know is the center uh, of our religion. We don't have that now. But we have something, as the also confession also says, is more elaborate and better. Uh, we have Christ now. We live in a more full time uh, now. And uh, the complicated is simple and more full. So what does this mean for us now? Um, this leads us into the fact uh, that we, our identity now in Christ supersedes and we can use to, uh, to draw from it to understand our earthly identity and our earthly passport. How does, what does this look like for us now to uh, live out our heavenly citizenship, our perfect heavenly citizenship in our imperfect national citizenship, whatever nation it may be? Uh, in my case, uh, American, our family has permanent residence uh, in Ukraine. As Charlie mentioned, our family moved to Ukraine in uh, 1998, and we've been working in a couple different cities, most recently in Kyiv, um, uh, working with the Evangelical Presbyterian Church of Ukraine, watching and doing a small part, hopefully, to watch and help the growth of that denomination. And it has been a beautiful and humbling thing to see that denomination under some of the most trying times you could imagine. Um, and, of, of course, all of us on February 24th, 2022, at least I, assumed the worst. I thought, well, this is the beginning and the end of the country that we all thought of as Ukraine. Um, and also the beginning of the end of the thing that we thought was the Ukrainian evangelical church. Um, and how, we, how could we have been more wrong? Because I think Ukrainians in the church understood this lesson. They understood that, that, that there is a break between our heavenly citizenship and our earthly citizenship. In their case, their earthly citizenship was and is being threatened daily. Um, uh, Kevin was just talking to Kevin. Kevin was there. Kevin heard the air raid sirens. Um, I'm not sure if he went to, you went to a uh, bomb shelter when you heard the air raid sirens, but my wife makes me when, I, when I'm in Ukraine. I have to go to the bomb shelter, and uh, as many Ukrainians, it's just become so ubiquitous and daily uh, that a lot of them don't go to the bomb shelter or just apply the two-wall rule. They try to get... They try to get between them, them, two walls between them and the outside where there may be an explosion. Um, uh, but when that is constantly happening, when your identity is constantly, visibly, and audibly, with the air raid sirens, being threatened every day, 
we don't want you to exist is what that bomb is what those uh those sirens what ukrainians hear when they hear the air raid sirens uh, when they see, when they walk out of their houses and they see uh, an amputee walk by with an arm or a leg missing, which is unfortunately much more common than should be uh, in Ukraine, uh, when they open up their email and the first five emails are GoFundMe's for trying to help, you know, fund this person who needs this or this person's getting sent off to war and they need these, these supplies or, or something like that, um, when all of these little, sometimes not little, obviously, Big reminders come to them that say, you shouldn't exist. Your identity doesn't matter. You know, this country wants to take over, over your country. For two years now, um, when this has all happened, and, and when I uh, saw this and was reminded of this in, in the early days, I thought, well, this is probably the end. I mean, what, 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 what future can there be for the Ukrainian church in the middle of this? But I think, as I just mentioned, I think they understood this passage. Let's look at um, uh, 19 again. So that you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with saints and the members of the household of God. That's the source. That's the source that they and we uh, need to remind ourselves and themselves of when there is, when it seems everything is threatening our hope, and I think this two two ways this works, uh, two ways this cuts. When you feel like two ends of the spectrum, when you feel like you don't have a home, and there's lessons here for the American church, I think as well. When you feel like you don't have a home, when you feel homeless, nationless, familyless, whatever identity, uh, this provides the comfort, doesn't it? That we yes, we do. You are a member of the household of God. That's bigger than any, than any and, and more perfect than any nation, uh, than, any, than any family unit, than any, than any county, than any whatever other concentric circle that you have. And when you feel homeless and don't feel connected uh, to the people around you, that's when you need to be reminded of this, of this truth, uh, that we are members of the, of the household of God. Or, I think, at the other end of the spectrum, is that when you feel irrevocably connected to, when you feel like this is the only thing that does define me, is my nation and my passport and the nation that, that, that I represent. Uh, when, you're, when, you're, when your emotions or, or life rises and falls with how that nation is doing, with the election that, that is coming up or has been or who's in power or, or you know, what's going on in your family or whatever, this also reminds us that there, there's a distance, isn't there? There's a distance between us and our passport. There's a distance between us and the country that we're, that we're connected with. Um, because in good times, it's easy to be connected to the country that we're, uh, that we're involved in. But in bad times, it, uh, it is. So I think it, uh, as Ukrainians have reminded me in this, uh, in this uh, we, they, by rights, should be fully uh, given license to despair all of they want, all they want. Two years, I think it's, uh, it was just recently over over one thousand, at least in the city of Kiev, over one thousand hours of air raid time. That's when, and then when there's an air raid. Um, I mean, this is straight from World War II. I remember reading. 
early on in the war, this thought came to me. I remember reading when I was a kid, the, the uh, C.S. Lewis's The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe starts with Peter, Edmund, and Lucy getting sent off to their parents, send them off to some relative out in the country because, uh, because they, don't want, they don't want them in, in, uh, in Kiev, in, in London, with them. And I remember thinking, oh, that's, I mean, that's unthinkable. I mean, who would do something? I mean, I, we, you, good thing we don't live in those days anymore. Those days are long gone. And here we are in 2024 now, 2022 then, Kiev. And I know families who did just that, who did just that very thing. They were like, listen, I want, I mean, whatever. I can deal, what I would deal with what I need to deal with, but I don't want my kids having uh, air raids and missiles every, every day. I'm going to send them off to this relative out in the country. And that happens, uh, happened more than, more than you think. So um, having that uh, understanding, that distance between your identity in Christ, your identity as, as it says here, uh, citizens, fellow citizens and the saints and members of the household of God, and the thing that we have on earth, when that thing on earth in the Ukrainian context is being constantly, constantly bombarded, as I just mentioned, over a thousand hours of air raid time, when an air raid happens, um, you, this is what you do. You have the app on your phone that, that, that you either hear it audibly, or you have the app on your phone that goes off, and you look and you, and you see, okay, what is, what is the risk? What, what missile has been shot and from where? And how long do I have before it probably gets to my, my city? Um, and then how long before the Patriot missiles probably shoot it out of the sky? And the kid, if you're a kid and you're in school and the air raid siren go off, you have to go, on, you have to, go to the air raid shel- bomb shelter. Usually the school, it's under the school. Uh, schools often have to run in shifts because they don't have enough bomb shelter space for all the kids in the classes. And it just becomes a daily hassle more than, more than a, uh, a risk in your life. And this is life. This is life for the past two years in Kiev, over a thousand hours in the city of Kiev, other cities probably more. Um, it is a life where, and Kevin mentioned it when I was just talking to him, you wake up, there's an air raid, you have to go sleep in the hallway, you hear the booms outside, the, the, the missiles or the drones incoming, the anti, anti-aircraft or anti-missile um, defense, it, there's lots of booms, you go back to bed, you wake up, you catch the bus and you go to work. That's what life has become in, in Ukraine. But that life breeds, or at least tempts us, tempts them and me, toward despair, toward hate, toward emotions that are the opposite of this, not toward security. The only way, and this is what all the pastors you just saw in that video and others are, are reporting to me, the only way you can change that is to constantly remind yourself and the reminders have to be daily in Ukraine, that I have a different citizenship. I have a stronger, I'm a, I'm a citizen of a stronger country than this one. Um, I have a stronger passport than, than, than the one I'm holding in my hand. Um, and unless you constantly remind yourself of that, and this is what Ukrainians are telling me in the church, that people are coming into the church to ask them this question, how do you do it? There's, is there, there's something, there's got to be something bigger and more strong uh, than, um, than what we have now. The closest thing I think we've had here in the States is probably 9-11, or for those in a generation before that, JFK's assassination, when you thought, uh-oh, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen next? This whole thing could kind of 
fall down. And, uh, and that is a, it's a daily 9-11 in, in Ukraine's case. And unless we have an understanding of our real identity, where our, where our real identity is and where our real citizenship is, uh, comes from, um, it's, 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 it, 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 it funnels you into the despair and the hate lanes, which are unhelpful. Um, but to see, and this is what Ukrainians are seeing, see the church remain and be hopeful and be joyful even uh, in the midst of the situation that Ukrainians are living in uh, is the witness uh, that they give to others and the witness for us. And the second thing and the last thing here is that it reminds us that it is a non-geographic uh, citizenship, isn't it? That you folks here in this room and the four congregations that were in the video a few minutes ago are all members of that same country, so to speak. Citizens of that same country, so to speak. Uh, citizens of that he our heavenly country and heavenly citizenship. That's why you are concerned about them. And you raised uh, the money that you raised. You sent the person you did. You have the person speaking who's speaking because you're concerned about these complete strangers, probably, to you. Uh, but you're concerned about them because you share this same citizenship, you share the same passport, so to speak, that, that, uh, that they do. And reciprocally, uh, the Ukrainians uh, remember uh, that they're not alone uh, that, and that this isn't it. And, and this is going through Ukrainians' mind, in a worst-case scenario, in a worst-case scenario where the, where the country wholesale is taken over and they don't have a country anymore, they're reminded uh, that they still do, right? They still do have a country. They still do have a people, and it's you, and it's in you know, Pennsylvania where we're living while the war is going on, and it's in Brazil, and it's in all these different places. That is their family uh, and their brothers and sisters in Christ. So that's, I think, the reminder that this gives us, and the challenge for us as Americans, I think, uh, is similar uh, to distance ourselves from our country uh, to, well, let me put it this way that our heavenly identity would inform our earthly one that our heavenly identity would inform our earthly identity and we would serve our country and our families and our communities love our families our communities and our country uh, give to our families and our community and country out of an understanding of where my real identity and our real, uh, my real citizenship uh, comes from. I say this with only a, um, only kind of parroting what I've seen. And this is how I've seen Ukraine. This is how I've seen Ukrainians get through it. This is what they said. This is the only thing that helps for me. This is the only thing that works is understanding there's something higher there's something deeper. There's something more secure. Because in that daily 9-11, in the 9-12 moment, the day after 9-11, when my generation at least, everybody was thinking, this whole thing could go down. What's going to happen tomorrow? Uh-oh. Um, that still, two years later, uh, is the daily reality for, uh, for most Ukrainians. And again, as, as he said, uh, for many people around the world. So one more time. Let's read this and, and, uh, and pray and remember what our task is before us. That we, brothers and sisters in Christ in this room, are no longer strangers and aliens, but we 
our fellow citizens and the saints, members and, uh, with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, we are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That sounds better than any country I know. That sounds better than any passport that I've ever had. Uh, let's remind ourselves of, of that. Let's pray. Lord, uh, keep Ukrainian brothers and sisters in Christ uh, in this truth. Keep other countries uh, that are uh, falling apart, struggling, getting overtaken in this truth. Keep our country and us in this truth. Remind us uh, that it is your your citizenship is first and foremost in our lives and our hearts, and that informs us on how to love, serve, um, and give uh, toward others in our country. Pray this in your name. Amen.